Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 21st chapter. When Jesus entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd, for all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. And he said to them, neither then will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not, but later changed his mind and went. The father went to the second son and said the same, and he answered, I go, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did the will of the father? They said, the first. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. The tax collectors and prostitutes believed him, and even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise Anybody who makes the claim that religion is not political has never read the Bible. Some of you might have just internally rolled your eyes. Some of you might have even externally rolled your eyes, but if ever there was an arrow of justice shot through all of our Sunday morning readings, it is this morning. Firstly, it is important here to reach back to the original definition of politics, which is one of the two Greek words we are going to learn together today. Politica simply means affairs of the cities. It is simply those things that are associated with making decisions in groups or other forms of power relations among individuals such as the distribution of power or resources. In sum, politics is simply how society structures, structures itself which in turn determines who has power and who has none. What this means is today we're talking about systems of justice. Human justice versus God's justice, which is intrinsically political, using the purest definition. In his book, The People's History of the United States, author Howard Zinn describes the popular side of American history that can largely be seen as the exploitation and manipulation of the majority by rigged systems that hugely favor a small group of elite people across the orthodox political parties. So this exploitation of human systems to afford power to some but not to all is called human justice. Humans who hold power or who have resources cry out unfair when they feel their rights, power, or status are being threatened. Simply put, human justice benefits a few, but God's justice benefits all. 
Every human generation stands at a crossroads when it comes to justice. We can either blame previous generations for our current lot in life, or we can take accountability and move forward into a new and better future. I realize this might sound naive and idealistic, but the only real deterrence to a greater realization of God's justice on earth are fear, greed, and the sense of entitlement. We encounter all of these deterrents in our readings for today. Today's readings are all about justice. They clearly set up God's justice over and against human justice. In the first reading from Ezekiel, God's message is very clear to the house of Israel. You think it's unfair that I let people die? Says the Lord, death is actually an act of mercy so that you don't have to live forever in your guilt. I take no pleasure in death. You, however, take immense pleasure in death. You starve people to death. You freeze them to death on city streets. You build walls to protect insiders from outsiders who are left to wither and die. You shoot children while they are in school learning math. You let sick people die because they can't afford medicine. You murder people based on skin color, income, and sexual orientation. You get drunk on your own created power. You allow your sense of entitlement to crush the poor and the weak. You whine like children and blame others for problems in society. You could easily fix if you weren't so afraid of losing your power and your wealth. My justice is merciful. Yours is malicious. You think my ways are unfair? Your ways are unfair. Turn from your ways then and live. God doesn't mince words when it comes to justice. These aren't warm, fuzzy words that God is saying to God's people. They are harsh, but they are true. God is not trying to crush God's people. God is trying to help them find their legs because God loves them and wants them to restructure society to benefit all, not just some. This is a political move. St. Paul writes from prison to his congregation in Philippi and says, Be of the same mind, I beg you. Model yourselves after Jesus who emptied himself of power and took the form of a slave even to the point of dying a criminal's death on the cross. Stop looking only to your own interests, but look instead to the interests of others. You can be different from one another, yet still be of one mind if you love one another. Turn from your ways of selfish justice, fear, and entitlement. Turn to God's justice. Regard others as better than yourselves. Turn and live. Although it's hard for me to extol Paul because of his ridiculous ego and opinions about women, he understands social justice and the church's role in it. In fact, he believes that the church must inform and advocate for the secular ordering of society to benefit all, not just some. This is a political move. In our gospel, Jesus enters the temple and begins to teach. Immediately, the chief priests and the elders enter in and shut him down. They blame him for having the audacity to teach without being an ordained rabbi. Who do you think you are? They ask. Jesus fires back, who do you think you are? And then Jesus asks them a trick question, which stumps them, and they reply, we cannot answer your question. Well, then neither will I answer your question, Jesus says, and then he lets them have it. You, 
and your false sense of justice. You and your hypocrisy and greed and entitlement. You are religious leaders who speak holy words and then do unholy things. You confess and praise God's justice and then play God yourselves. You vow to defend and protect the widow, the cripple, the orphan, and then you leave them to beg for their lives. You blame me for speaking out of turn. You blame me for speaking with authority. Blame yourselves for creating these false structures that divide people. Blame yourselves for judging and playing God. Blame yourselves for benefiting from these artificial titles of stature and power. In fact, the very ones that you judge most, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, will enter the kingdom of God ahead of you. Turn from your false ways and live. All three readings call God's people to a higher standard, a different way of living. This is not necessarily the popular way or the easy way, but it is the holy way. God is essentially saying that our calling is to hold the door open for the ones that society despises most so that they can enter God's kingdom before us. <clears throat> the biblical narrative clearly warns us of the temptation to succumb to human systems of power that exploit and harm and marginalize and calls us away from human justice back to God's justice. Faith is deeply political because it motivates us to action so that God's justice might prevail for all, not just some. Here's the thing, though. God never demands uniformity. In fact, God is all about diversity. The very spirit of God makes us different from one another. I am not you, nor are you me. However, we can disagree and be different, but still be called together to embody and enact God's justice, regardless of how you vote politically. As Christians, there are fundamental human aspects that must unite us, like welcoming the stranger, clothing the naked, feeding the hungry, loving those whom society hates, defending those whom society shuns. And if these things are not palatable, then we have gone off track into the dangerous realm of following human justice instead of God's justice. Human justice benefits some. God's justice benefits all. Every year, it seems, LCM leadership receives a few emails from students and different campus ministries calling into question our inclusive welcome. They write and say, who do you think you are to lead people astray? Who do you think you are to lead people directly to hell? That was this year. <laughs> who knew we had so much power? And then they list the predictable Bible verses from Leviticus and so on. For years, I engaged these emails, but to no avail. I began to realize that these people are not seeking dialogue, they are seeking judgment. These emails used to worry me terribly, now they just bore me. Many Christians say they love every human until that human turns out to be gay or black or a criminal or homeless. If you want to blame me or our campus ministry or this congregation for being guilty of radical welcome, we will accept that badge of honor gladly. Welcoming those whom society judges is a deeply political move. 
In Jesus' parable and our gospel reading, he makes it clear that God would rather we do the right things than say the right things. Anyone can say the right things and check all the boxes. Yes, we love and welcome all people, but in reality, we don't. In other words, don't tell me you're going to welcome the stranger and then not do it. It would be better <clears throat> for you to say that you won't. And then in the end, do it. It's nice to confess and promise things, but it's better to do them. Faith is not spoken, it's enacted. That's a political move. All of this can be summed up in one sentence from our reading from Philippians. Regard others as better than yourselves. This one sentence calls for a total reversal of the political norms that structure society, both past and present. I can't judge you if I regard you as better than me. I can't strip you of your rights if I regard you as better than me. I can't point a gun at you if I regard you as better than me. I can't deprive you of food or housing if I regard you as better than me. This is what God's justice looks like. Manifested on the cross where God himself died a criminal's death for the sake of a world that rejected him. Jesus regarded all people as better than himself. The tax collectors, the prostitutes, the possessed, the lame, the deaf, the blind. Here's our second Greek word for today. Are you ready? The Greek word metanoia is translated to repent. But it literally means to turn around. It might feel discouraging to consider the turning around we need to do on a global or a national scale when we consider the human injustice in decreased benefits for the food insecure, shortage of affordable housing, or the omission of US aid to Ukraine signed late last night by President Biden in a move to avoid a partial government shutdown. But we must be metanoia people in our corner of the world. We can be people who turn from old ways so that we might live, so that all might live. If I asked you to close your eyes and think for a second, I'm 100% certain that we would all be able to think of one or two or 10 old ways we wish to turn from. It might feel scary, but maybe it isn't so scary when we remember that turning away from something also means turning towards something. If I turn from my racist ways, I turn towards celebrating racial diversity. If I turn from my misogynistic ways, I turn towards gender equality. If I turn from my homophobic ways, I turn towards full celebration of human sexuality. If I turn away from a me-first entitled mentality, I turn towards full community. If I turn away from violence and oppression, I turn towards liberation and freedom. If I turn from my own sense of entitled justice, I turn towards God's inclusive justice. I cannot crush your neck with my knee if I regard you as better than myself. How can this call from God to turn away from human justice to God's justice then not affect human created political structures of who gets elected, who gets fed, who gets a bed, who gets to go to school, who sits at the back of the bus, who stands in the front of the line,
I'm all about self-disclosure. You guys know that. I'm not afraid to share with you today that I'm perimenopausal. Walking into a warm sanctuary today almost undid me, by the way. Thank you for waving, Christine. Solidarity, sister. I'm visiting a clinic to help maintain hormonal balance. My treatment is not covered by insurance since I am a female. However, if my husband attended the same clinic, his treatment would be covered because he's a male. How in the world can we not see the clash between human justice and God's justice in our everyday lives? God's call to justice does not leave us paralyzed by past decisions or former generations. On the contrary, God calls us to turn away from our socio-political systems that harm and marginalize and turn towards God's justice, God's goodness, God's love, and God's power to transform current societal structures through you and through me. Howard Zinn writes, if we see only the worst, it destroys our capacity to do something. But if we remember those times and places and there are so many where people have behaved magnificently. This gives us the energy to act, and at least the possibility of sending this spinning top of a world in a different direction. While human justice might crush and alienate, God's justice calls all people into a new future where all are fed and clothed, where all are free to love and be loved. God's words today are challenging, but they give us legs to be people of faith in this world, which is necessarily political. The future we are called to turn toward is an infinite succession of present moments. To live now as we think all humans should live in defiance of all that is bad around us, is itself a marvelous victory. Amen.